Hi there, you're listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. TCC, a home for you. That was actually better than first service, so props to you guys. Uh, If you don't know me, my name is Tyler, I'm the student pastor here. Um, And if you have this question, I'm going to be honest with you. Like, where's Pastor TJ, right? It's been like three weeks and we haven't seen him, and I'm going to be honest with you, someone kidnapped him. You know, when, when you've been a pastor for like 30 years, you make some enemies because you tell stories that embarrass people. And I think someone swiped him one day. We haven't seen him for like 21 days. It's been crazy. Just kidding. Um, he's taken um, some much needed rest. You guys are allowed to laugh in church. It's okay. I promise. Okay. That was a joke. He's not kidnapped. He is resting. Um, so we can uh, take 2022 by storm. Amen. It's going to be awesome. The church has some awesome ground to take in 2022. Um, thank you guys for joining us this morning. Thank you to Trinity Online. We are so glad that you found a home with us. Today's going to be great because we are starting a brand new series because it is January 2022. Not 2021. I said that in the first service. It was not good. I almost got fired on the spot for that. Um, take back your life, week one. Man, We are going to have an awesome time in January talking about what it means to take back your life. Now, the first time that I heard this in our planning stuff, it seems a little like, you know, like brash, right? It seems like we're like charging up a hill to like take back, like like crazy. And the reality is it is (laughs) because we have a duty to ourselves and to God that we allow our lives to be faith-filled. And sometimes, towards the end of a year, or sometimes, no matter what your year ends up being, sometimes we forget that there's things that we lose about our faiths. We lose about our walks with Christ. We lose certain parts of our faith, certain habits, because the entire 11 months before has been crazy and chaos. And I don't know about you, but 2019, 2020, and 2021 has been kind of chaotic, to say the least. And I believe that, that, that um, God's word this morning wants to show us the importance of taking our faith back from hands that it shouldn't be in so that we can have our personal faiths with the Lord again. Sometimes I think um, we allow, allow outside forces to um, decide the way that our faiths are lived out or the way that we expound upon our faiths. And, and I believe that God wants to say this morning that we need to take back our faiths, our beliefs, the things that we hold near and dear, and we need to rebuild them with the Lord personally and stop allowing the world to build what our faith should be. So to dive in, I'm going to tell a story because I'm a Harris and we like stories, and we have a ton of them. And this story involves a jet ski. How many of you guys have been on a jet ski? Come on. We could be honest in the house of the Lord. I've been on a jet ski more than once, um, but it was late in life because I never grew up around bodies of water. I grew up landlocked, and it's really hard to drive a jet ski on dirt. If you've ever tried, don't try because you'll break the jet ski. Um, And so I got on a jet ski later in life, and I didn't really have a lot of knowledge of a jet ski because I never grew up on them. So I didn't really know, like, what you're supposed to do and, you know, Um, all the certain things that you don't do on a jet ski. And how many of you guys know that they're super dangerous as well? How many of you guys know that they're super fun? 
but they're also dangerous. And it's that, it's that tough tension that we have to walk. It's like, this is super fun, but I could die. And nobody told me that when on a jet ski in the water, you should keep moving the jet ski. You should at no point ever stop still. Do you know why? Because they're not meant to stay still. Jet skis are meant to go super fast. So nobody told me that you're supposed to stop. So guess what happened? I stopped the jet ski and I fell off immediately because everything around me is shaking the jet ski, right? Because I'm not moving, I'm not charting, I'm not going through. So I stopped, I fell off the jet ski, and it took every ounce of energy in my Greek body to pull myself on the jet ski because I'm not like you skinny folk and I can't just pull up my 175-pound frame. I, I got more frame to me. So it took me a while to get back on this jet ski, and once I got back on the jet ski, all I did was move. <laughs> I just kept going forward, and I eventually docked it because I was scared for my life to fall off the jet ski again. If you stop on a jet ski, you are at the mercy of the waves. When you stop moving in the ocean, you are now at mercy of everything moving around you. And it's funny because our faith is built the same way as this. If your faith is stagnant, if you have a low-level, do-nothing kind of faith, you will be tossed around by all of the chaos that this world has to offer. You'll be thrown around. You won't know what to do. Every single bad thing that the realities of earth has for you will disrupt your life. It will distort your life. It will throw you around just like if you're stagnant on a jet ski in the water. And what's funny about it is the reason that is is because the world around us moves in waves, right? It moves in waves the same way as an ocean does. Certain things come and go. Certain things come and go. And waves are no different. So when you're stagnant and you're staying still, you have no control, no direction over anything. Oh, 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 for anything that you do, everything around you is now affecting you. Versus if you're moving, right, if you're constantly going, if you're advancing, you at least have control over you. You have control over what you can say, what you do, how you love people, how you show people who God is. Guys, as believers, our faith, our faith should have direction and movement. It can't have one or the other. We need both. If you're moving, right, if you're going somewhere and you have no direction, you're chaotically moving and nobody wants to follow you, right? But if you're moving and you have no direction, that's also dangerous because then all you're doing is going somewhere that nobody wants to follow you as well. So we have to be, be, be super careful about that because our faith naturally needs direction and movement. The question is, what is God doing now? I ask myself that every morning. God, what are you doing right now? God, what do you want to do right now? Most importantly, God, what part do I have in your kingdom today? What part does my life play in the advancement of your kingdom? Guys, our faith was never meant to be passive. Does that make sense? Our faith was never meant to be passive. It was always meant to be active, an active faith. It's super important 
that our faith doesn't fall into passivity because our faith is not based in passivity. It's based literally in action. So the moment that things fall into passivity, we are not living out the way that our faith was intended to be lived out. How many of you guys like coffee? I love coffee. A little too much. This speaks directly to me. Do you know why? I stand in a lot of coffee lines, like a whole ton. And there's sometimes the Lord tells me to speak to people, and you know what I do? I don't speak to them. I'm choosing to be passive in that moment, and my choice of passivity could affect the kingdom eternally. And so our faiths cannot have the choice of action versus passiveness. We need to be in action always. So then we don't miss out on opportunities to right, take back our lives, to, 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 to shift the way that we view our faiths and be able to take back that faith, right? Our faiths aren't based on this building. Our faith is based in how we outwardly share our faith to the world. If this is where you get your faith, that's great. But there's another step to it. And our faith then needs a place to go. And if we view this building as the place where our faith goes, then we're missing a whole opportunity. And we're being a little bit passive. So the first part of this is just making sure that we understand that sometimes, right, at the end of a year, sometimes we fall into passive faith. We go, man, for 11 months straight, I, I was doing that thing. And I was like, we were moving. I was in the Word. I was doing it. And, and month by month by month, we start to fall into small bouts of passivity when then we get to January, and guess what we do? New Year's resolutions. <laughs> And we start thinking like, man, I got to get skinnier, I got jeans to fit in, or like, oh, I got to be better at this or that, blah, blah, blah. And we forget that our faith should be a part of our resolution if it has fallen into passivity. And our faith needs to be on a priority or top our priorities in being active again. And what's funny is, and I'm speaking for me too, I feel like I do this every year. <laughs> Every January, I feel like I, I like look back and go, oh man, it's a little passive towards the end of the year. I need to like get back into faith. And then we get, right, we get back to December and then we get back to the next January. We got, got to get back into faith. And like we do this over and over and over. And I believe that today, right, as we start this new series, I believe wholeheartedly that there's two things that we need to do. One, it's time to take a step in our faiths. It just is. How many times have you heard pastors or preachers or anybody say, oh, you got to take a step? All the time. How many times do we not take a step? All the time. I believe it's time to take a step with your faith. And I also believe that it's time to take back your faith life. Again, right, we, we have allowed the world or other people to dictate your faith, your faith life. I turned 26 in two weeks. I love a good podcast. And I don't know about you. It may just be because I, because I am younger. I love podcasts. I love listening to people talk for some reason. That cannot be my faith. 
I love worship music. That cannot be the only part of my faith. I can't let other people dictate my faith. You can't let other people dictate your faith. We need to take back our faith and then give it to the Lord personally so then the Lord and I, the Lord and you, can have a relationship. It's the whole point of this thing, right? So this entire month, we are going to look at ways we can practically take back our faith lives. Today, we start with a great one, because this is how every morning starts, right? Waking up. How many of you guys woke up this morning? Come on, put your hand up. Come on, don't, 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 don't do that. How many of you guys woke up this morning? Come on. I know every single one of you, and those that have your hands down, maybe you didn't wake up. I don't know. Um, have you ever been woken up in a way you didn't expect? <laughs> like, oh uh, yeah, come on. A way that you just weren't ready for. Um, my friends and I, growing up, we used to play, play like, like pranks and stuff, and we used to wake each other up in the worst ways. Um, yeah, like ways that probably put you in jail now. But, um, but I say that to say this. When you are woken up unexpectedly, how does that change your day? Come on. Like, think a cold bucket of water, like ice water. If that was thrown on you this morning, how would you be today? Would you be angry? Maybe you would be, like, invigorated. You're like, yeah, I'm ready for the day. Maybe you would, like, hate that person for the rest of their lives. <laughs> I know for me, sometimes my dog comes and wakes me up unexpectedly because it's a big tongue, and it actually, like, freaks me out, and I think, like, something's there. Um, but then it sets me on, like, high alert all day. It's great. I feel like I can do everything. How many of you guys know that our, our faiths, the start of our faith journey was us waking up? You know, Scripture says that it's a wake up. It's a rebirth. It's not just, a, it's not just us now learning something new. It is a complete newness. Right? We see the world differently. It's like being woken up from a deep, deep, deep sleep. We see the world in a different lens. I remember when I came to faith, I grew up in the church my whole life. My dad's been a pastor my whole life. And I did not come to faith when I was younger. Because there's a difference between knowing about the Lord and experience the Lord for myself. And I remember that when I experienced the Lord, I experienced faith for myself. Everything in my life shifted from that point on. Everything I thought about, everything I talked about, everything was different. Everything changed. I was woken, awoken to a new spiritual reality. Not, not, not just a physical reality that we all wake up to every day, but a new spiritual reality. A reality that I knew nothing about before. Guys, this is what happens when we first believe, right? We, we are woken up to a new reality of who God is and who we are in Christ. I remember growing up and... Um, Identity was a huge issue, right? It was like, I don't know, am I emo? Am I goth? Am I preppy? Am I a jock? I don't know. High school, tell me. That's literally what it was. It was like, oh, I play football? Must be a jock. Oh, my friend sings? Must be a theater person. 
And we allowed high school, we allowed experiences to dictate who we were, who we thought we were, how we dressed, how we talked, every single thing. And when I experienced the Lord for the first time in a way that it was my own faith, it shifted everything in me and I knew who I was. Because it unveils, it, 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 it awakens us to, to a perspective now of who God sees you as and then who God is in general, which is the creator, Alpha, Omega, Lord of Lords, King of Kings, every word in the book, that's who he is and it's revealed to us. That's why that reality, the the, the um, being awakened to that reality is so transformational because it's something that doesn't make sense, but we get to view it now. And I remember that being the, the transformational awakening in my life. Romans 13, 11 says this, besides, besides this you know the time, this but that the hour has come for you to wake from sleep. For salvation is nearer to us now than when we first believed. The night is far gone, the day is at hand. So then let, so then let us cast off the works of darkness and put on the armor of light. This is our process of salvation. All of us in Christ at some point have been woken up. We can't not wake up. If you've met the Lord, and you have a faith walk, you woke up from something that you were asleep at. You woke up one day. That's how it works. But here's the catch. It's not enough to just wake up. You have to stay up. And this is what we struggle with the most. This is what we are talking about right now. It's not just enough to have the first awakening, but it means now every day after that, we need to stay awake in the Lord. We need to stay awake in the spirit. We need to stay awake in all of the great transformational things the Lord has done. It is easy in time for us to become sleepy. It is easy in time for us to lull ourselves back to sleep. And to be super honest with you, there are there, um, a lot of the times we lull ourselves back to sleep with faith-based things. We get so comfortable in the habits. We get so comfortable in things that we've built that are building our faith that we forget the freshness of the Lord, that we forget the freshness of a new day, the freshness of what it was like when you woke up. That's why we wake up every single morning. It's the freshness of a morning. If you stayed up for 72 hours, you would not be fresh. You'd probably be mad. <laughs> and then probably a little crazy. <laughs> and then super hungry. And, and, and then after that, you might break down and cry. I don't know. But you would not be fresh. And that's what waking up has done for us. So how do we wake up and stay awake? This is important, right? How do we wake up first off, and then how do we stay awake? Well, 1 Thessalonians 5, 5 through 6 says this, for you, for you are all children of the light and children of the day. We don't belong to the night nor to darkness. This is why we must not fall asleep as the rest do, 
but keep wide awake and clear-headed. Keep wide awake and clear-headed. When we look at this passage, right, we see two distinct things we need to do in order to stay awake at the end of the passage, right? Number one, watch. We need to watch. If you look at the passage again at the end, right, but keep wide awake. It doesn't say, like, keep one eye open. <laughs> keep, like, maybe on high alert. No. Be wide awake. Well, why is this important? Well, well, the, uh, well, the uh, Greek word here that we see in English, obviously, <laughs> um, and hey, don't, I'm, I'm half Greek, but I'm also half white, so when I pronounce this thing, it is not going to sound Greek, I promise you, but, uh, but give me grace, okay? I don't know Greek the same way my dad does. Um, anyway, this word is Gregor Uo, something like that, okay? This literally means to be awake, to watch. It's literally what it means. The, the, the um, inference here in this passage is for those that were watchmen, those that protected the city. That's what this word was for. They watched, this is important, they watched with a purpose. It wasn't just a blind watch. There's things that I see all the time that I don't think I saw. <laughs> There's things that I'm looking at that I'm not really looking at. They watched with a purpose. Guys, in order to be on watch, the way that that scripture says, we have to be watching, looking with a purpose. When we look without a purpose, things slip past us. When we're going through motions, things slip past us. Have you ever, like, looked for something but, like, not really looked? <laughs> my wife and I deal with this a lot. I lose my wallet a lot. And normally, normally, 99% of the time, it is on the table or, like, the counter or somewhere that is not obstructed of you at all. And I'm like, oh, I don't know where my wallet is. And she's like, okay, let's look. And I'm like, I've looked everywhere. And she's like, it's right there. And I'm like, how did I not see that? She's like, did you look? And I'm like, I guess not. I guess I didn't really look, actually. <laughs> how many of you guys have looked and, but not really looked? Right? This is something that can happen in our faith. Staying awake begins with looking with a purpose, right? When you wake up every day, do you have purpose? The first thing in your mind, purpose. What does God want to do? What is God doing? When we don't look like that, we walk aimlessly all day. We, we, then, walk, we then walk without purpose all week, and then all month, and then all year, and then guess what? We get to January, and we're like, oh, I need more faith. And we forget that we have a whole year to accomplish this. Watching with intention. That's what our faith should be. Watching with intention. Focus. What are you focused on? This is an important question in life, right? What are you focused on? Do you know that what you focus on, you will feed on? What your focus is on will feed you. So be careful what you focus on. Because if we're not careful, what you focus on can become your reality. And what I love about the word reality is that is the, is the inference that that is now a part of my daily life. 
See, there's things that we can say like, oh, you know, I read that book one time and, you know, you know, I don't let it affect me. Or like, you know, I gossip occasionally and I don't let it affect me. But guys, the reality is that it is affecting your reality. And what you focus on, what you are in tune to, eventually becomes what your life becomes and what you live out. There's no alternate realities that you can jump in and out of. And, well, maybe I'll gossip over in this reality and I'll be this. No, reality is reality. So what you focus on becomes that. So what are you focused on? It's important to start the year with this question. What's my year going to be focused on? What am I going to be focused on? Right, if you're focused on fear... Great example. If you're focused on fear, all of the things that can go wrong, right? If you're focused on those things, what happens? All of those things go wrong. And now you're dealing with something internally in your spirit, in your heart, that you perpetuated yourself. What are you focused on? Are you focused on, on your worries are you focused on the anxieties? Are you focused on those, those things? Because if you are, those things will take over your life. I love my wife, but she is a worrier. Whenever we go to the airport, right, she is like plan A through F, like all of them, like worst case scenarios at any given time, right? And something that we practice all the time is like peace. I don't think half these things are going to happen. And they don't, right? But if we allow those things to stay in our hearts, if we allow them to occupy space, guess what? They will happen. And they will grow like a weed in your heart, in your soul, in every part of your body until you are so overcome by fear, worry, anything that you let attack you. And you know what's funny about a weed? You don't have to feed it. It feeds itself. So it could be growing, it could be, be, um, could be becoming something without you even knowing. So what are you focused on? It's a great place to start. You know, Jesus spoke about this in Matthew 6, 23. It says, the eye is the lamp of the body. So if your eye is healthy, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eye is bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. If then the light is in you, in you is darkness, how great is that darkness? The same verse in the voice says this, the eye is the lamp of the body. You draw light into your body through your eyes and light shines out to the world through your eyes. So if your eye is well and shows you what is true, then your whole body will be filled with light. But if your eye is clouded or evil, then your body will be filled with evil and dark clouds. And the darkness will take over the body of a child of God who has gone astray. That is the deepest, darkest darkness there is. So what are we focused on? Right, what are we focused on at the start of the year? How, if you want to stay awake to the realities of the kingdom of heaven, you need to be focused on God, not something else. If you want to stay awake to the realities of, of how God wants to move and how God wants to change your life and change who you are, we have to focus on God himself. You can't let other focuses dictate the way that your life happens. I, 
I worry about all the risks in life. That's my gig. I worry about all, all, all the random things, all the random, like, well, what if I'd make one penny short of this while 10 years from now I'll be broke? <laughs> like, no, that's not the reality. But guess what? That becomes my reality because I allow it to be my focus. So our goal, our job, right, is to focus on the Lord. Colossians 3.1 says this, since you have been raised to new life with Christ, right, Set your sights on the realities of heaven where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. Amen. I'm going to say that last part again. Where Christ sits in the place of honor at God's right hand. I would rather be focusing on the place of honor than all of the other things that don't have honor below me. There's a reason why Christ sits at the right hand. It's because he's worthy of it. There's a reason why fear doesn't exist in heaven. It's because it's not worthy of it. So our focuses should be where worth is. Our focus should be where, where, where that accomplishes itself the most, and that's in the Lord. So how do we practically keep our eyes focused on the realities of heaven? Because the reality, uh-huh, see, the reality is we could stand up here and talk about this all day, but we got to do something about that. We have to do something about about um, practically getting ourselves in focus, which leads me to this. We need to listen. Number one, we need to listen and love. All of us, hear me on this, all of us have the capacity to hear from the Lord. Every single one of us in here. All of us can hear from God. John, John 10, 27 says, My sheep hear my voice, and I know them, and they follow me. My sheep hear my voice. We all have the capacity to hear the Lord. We need to choose to hear him. Right? It's like a conversation. I can hear you talking to me. You can hear me talking to you. It's because I choose to listen. You choose to listen. It's a, that's the important part. We need to listen, right? But how do we hear him in circumstances like that, right? Number one, prayer. We're literally doing 21 days of this for a reason, right? Prayer is important. Guys, it's direct conversation, direct communication with the Lord. Point blank, period. Prayer is so important. Jeremiah 33, 3 says this, Call to me and I will answer you and will tell you great and hidden things that you have not known. Call to me and I will answer you and I'll tell you things. Talk, talk to the Lord, Talk to him. Be present with him. Co communicate with him. Conversate with him. He wants to talk to you. Another one, the word. Guys, we need to read our words. Read the word, read the word, read the word, read the word. Scripture is important. Scripture helps to realign us on a daily basis. It helps to show us practical principles of things, right? So it's super important. Matthew 4, 4 says this. He answered, the scriptures say, bread alone will not satisfy. Say it again. Bread alone will not satisfy. But true life is found in every word that constantly goes forth from God's mouth. Bread alone will not satisfy. My podcasts alone will not satisfy. My, my worship playlist alone will not satisfy. Pastor TJ alone 
will not satisfy. We need to be believers and faith-filled people that have diverse streams of bringing life into us. We can't assume that one thing is the end-all, be-all because it's not. Again, bread alone cannot satisfy. There's other things that go with that. It's important to set set aside time daily to focus and listen to God through prayer and the word. Super important, but there's more. (laughs) There's always more, right? Another one, love. Guys, this one's huge, right? Love. We have to listen, but we also have to love. And loving somehow, for some reason, is so hard. So hard. We have to love. We have to love. If you're taking notes and and you've taken no notes yet because I've said nothing cool, write this down. Worship leads to love and love leads to worship. It's an endless cycle. If you ever feel like you struggle in worship, then you need to reevaluate your intimate relationship with the Lord. Because you can't love the Lord without worshiping him, and you can't worship the Lord without loving him. And that's a challenge. I challenge you guys on that one. You can't worship the Lord if you don't love him. You can't love him and not worship. So this Worship is a huge topic of this. When we worship, do you know that we love God intimately? It's the glorification of something that is worthy, of a person, a God, a deity that is worthy of what you are pouring out of yourself. And it is so important. It's such an important aspect. It's so funny to me because... I'm a sports fan, and I've been a sports fan my whole life. And there's times where I go crazy at sports games, and I come here, and my hands are in my pocket, and God checks me. He really does. He checks me. He's like, dude, what are you doing? Like, what are you doing? Like, I'm glad that you enjoy that, but I'm here too. But I'm here too. And I deserve that glory. I deserve that because I'm worthy of it, because I, because I love you. First and foremost. So because the Lord loves us, and we love the Lord, and we worship him, worship then becomes more than just a few songs we sing. It becomes a lifestyle. And it becomes how we articulate the way that we love the Lord outwardly. And then the whole world has an opportunity to see and understand the weight of the Lord and the greatness of God. Colossians 3.14 says this, For love is supreme and must flow through each of these virtues. Here we go. Love becomes the mark of, a tr- of true maturity. I'm going to say it again because that halted me the first time I saw it. Love becomes the mark of true maturity. Do you know what that means? That means that if that the church does not love people, it is not mature. It's harsh, but it's true. If we do not love people, we are not mature enough. If the world is absent of love, it's because the world is not mature. And we're a part of the world. So we need to become mature. We need to love people. This place cannot be absent of love. 
It's not who God is. Again, love becomes the mark of true maturity. 15, let your heart be always guided by the peace of the anointed one who calls you to peace as part of his one body and always be thankful. 16, let the word of Christ live in you richly, flooding you with all wisdom. Apply the scriptures as you teach and instruct one another with psalms and with festive praises and with prophetic songs given to you spontaneously by the Spirit. So sing to God with all your hearts. Let every activity of your lives and every word that comes from your lips be drenched with the beauty of our Lord Jesus, the Anointed One, and bring your constant praises to God the Father because of what Christ has done for you. Amen. Come on. So good. So good. Love is the epitome and core of everything that we should do. Period. Because love is the mark of maturity, and without love, we can't know God deeper. And when we don't know God deeper, then our focus is to... He, he, are you following? If, 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 if all of this starts to happen, guess what? Our focus is never going to be on God, and now we're so far away from this cycle that we need so deeply to be in. Another good one, community. This is huge. Community is a giant part of our focus, of what our focus should be on, what we're doing right now. This is community, grow nights, men's, women's, youth, kids. Anything that gets believers together in community is so important, and we neglect it sometimes, right? Hebrews 10, 23 says, so now wrap your heart tightly around the hope that lives within us, knowing that God always keeps his promises. Discover creative ways to encourage each other and to motivate them towards act, um, acts of compassion, doing beautiful works as expressions of love. This is not the time to pull away and neglect meeting together, as some have formed the habit of doing. In fact, we should come together even more frequently, eager to encourage and urge each other onward as we anticipate the day dawning. Amen. Community, we can't neglect it. But here's the thing. I think it's funny because we use that verse specifically, do not neglect the corporate meeting, and we stop there, and we use that as the defense of like, well, we should be in church then. But guess what? The scripture goes on. And we forget the part that if we're going to do this, we need to encourage each other. We should be loving each other. We should be urging each other on. We should be carrying each other's burdens. We should be loving each other like family, not just tolerating each other. This place should be absent of judgment. I don't care about your political view. I don't care about your your you're this view or that view. I care that you're a child of God and you deserve to be cared for. That's this duty. That's what this corporate meeting is for. In some ways, it's not for your faith. It's for everybody else's faith. So when we talk about community and talk about neglecting the corporate meeting, it's not because I need the corporate meeting, it's because we need the corporate meeting. The church needs the corporate meeting. We need to encourage each other, love each other, be there for one another. That's what family does. And sometimes we come here absent of all of that. So a giant part of 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 waking up and staying awake and staying focused is making sure that we're around other people that are also doing that. 
and that we're encouraging each other to also be a part of that. So that when people seem like maybe they're not there or maybe I'm not there, we can come alongside them and say, man, let's do this. Let's stay focused. Let's stay awake. Let's move the kingdom of heaven here on earth. So we watch, right? We stay focused. We keep our hearts and our eyes fixed on the realities of heaven, not on the realities of earth. And our faith then in turn can be renewed, active, and focused, intentional. I heard someone say this before, and it's literally one of my favorite sayings ever. Our faith cannot be an accessory. It needs to be you. It can't be a coat you wear. It can't be the shoes that you put on your feet. Your faith has to be you. It's the only way that it could be focused, intentional, and active. Because guess what? I'm going to go home and take this jacket off because I'm sweating. <laughs> it's hot. I'm going to take this off. We should never be to a point where we can just take our faiths off. And that's important because what we spoke about like 10 minutes ago is that this building is not for our, our outpouring of faith. It's for the rest of the world. So if I wear this jacket of faith here, but I take it off when I go home, I got a problem. We got problems. So we need to be focused on faith. We need to be focused on waking up and staying awake. We need to be focused on the realities of heaven, not the realities of earth. And, and we need to be aware of the distortion of our realities. It's the last one, okay? And then we're done. We need to be focused. We need to be in tune with that the enemy's only tactic, the only power the enemy has, it can't create something bad for you. All it can do is distort your view of something. So we need to be in tune with the fact that he can change the way that you perceive reality or that you see reality. He can augment reality. And we need to be aware of that. And the reason is because if the enemy can shift your understanding of your reality, then you will go on the rest of your life believing a reality that's not true. I kind of like to view it in this way. You're, you're in a desert. You're thirsty. You're hungry. You've been out there for like 78 days. There's no McDonald's anywhere, nowhere near you. And you look at the horizon and you see an oasis, right? And you see this and it's beautiful and it's amazing. And it's distracting you from the fact that you're starving. It's distracting you from the fact that you're thirsty. You're thirsty for the Spirit. It's distracting you from the fact that you're hungry for God. Because it's showing you and telling you that you're not that, but you are. And guys, our faith sometimes falls into that unknowingly. A lot of us here, here today could be thirsty. We could be hungry. We could be starving. We could be on the brink of death, and we think we're not because, because our, our reality has been dis distorted by the enemy to tell you that you're okay and that your faith is fine. 
and reading the Word twice a week and praying once a month, and it's getting the job done. We're checking boxes, so we're good. Don't worry. There's no time to panic. And the reality, guys, is we're starving, and we are thirsty. And so we see this distorted reality that everything's okay, but on the inside, our spiritual person is thirsting, thirsting for the Lord, thirsting for every bit of who God is, and we don't quench it because we don't know that it needs to be quenched. This is why the enemy wants to take your focus off of God's reality, and he wants to shift it to its own. Because if it can take you, which, it's got, which is God's primary tool, if it can take you and I and take us off, off the game, then there's no more advancement of the kingdom. And this is why it's so important to protect the realities that we see and to be in tune with the idea that God, that God has the ability to keep your perspective, keep your reality stable, but we choose to focus on other things that take our reality and distort it. So I encourage you today that if, if, if you've been feeling fear, if you've been feeling uncertainty, if you've been feeling anxious, if you feel all of these things, if you feel like your faith is in shambles, if you feel like you're starting the year and you already have no energy left, I encourage you to focus on the Lord first. I encourage you to focus on the Lord in his direction. As the only way that we can stay awake is if we focus on the person, the thing that keeps us awake. I think what's important to note, again, is that faith habits, you can lull yourself to sleep within your own habits if you're not careful. That's why your relationship with the Lord himself is so important. That's why your intimate relationship with with the living God is so important. That's why the freshness of the Lord, the freshness of the Spirit is so important. That's why when, when faith habits are happening and we're praying and we're reading the Word and all that stuff, the, 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 that's why it's so important to infuse that with the Spirit so then the Lord can reveal new things to you. If we're not focused on those things, we're stagnant in the water, and all the chaos around us is moving us, and we're not dictating anything in our lives. This is why it's important to make room for the Spirit, to make room for spiritual clarity. And that's why this is a great part of the year to do that in, because guess what? you got 11 months to try this out, and then to regroup next January. By the way, this uh, 21 days of fasting and prayer, it's a shameless plug. <laughs> Guys, this is a great time to start this. And I know the word fasting scares some people. I really do. But I promise you, there are so many things that you can fast. It doesn't have to be food right now. 
The only goal of a fast is to, when you want to do that thing, to shift your focus to God. And for some of you, including myself, in certain parts of my journey of faith, I know that I, I, I didn't do stuff like this because it intimidated me. And there's times where I don't know how to pray and I don't know what to pray for or I don't know how to fast or I don't even know actually what that means. And, 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 and things that the enemy distorts in front of me that tells me that I can't do this. And I promise you, if you just try it with us, if you partner with us, if you join us for 21 days and commit your faiths to being woken up again, renewed, refreshed, I promise you, things will change in your life. Transformation will happen. Transformations that you didn't even think you needed will happen. And, and what's amazing about this is, do you know how, how many churches around the world do this? 21 days in January, how cool it is that we can partner with churches without even knowing. And we are glorifying God. We are all deepening our relationships with the Lord at the same time as one united body. Because I promise, if you're looking for a change or a challenge, you should just try it. You should just try it. Allow the Spirit to wake you up. Allow the Lord to wake you up. But the second part is you got to allow the Lord to keep you up. And so if you're doing any of your planning for the next 11 months, I think you should ask this question to yourself before you plan out the next 11 months. I think you should ask the Lord, am I awake? And if what I put on this calendar, will this keep me awake? And if your answer is no to some of those things, I think you should replace them with other kingdom opportunities like serving, community, being a part of a group, engaging with people, encouraging each other. Allow the Spirit to wake you up and allow Him to keep you up. So we're going to practice that right now. We're going to pray. The first prayer, the first prayer of the 21 days, potentially. Father, we are thankful for you this morning. We are thankful for just the way that you have engaged us. Father, I pray that um, you help us keep focus. You, you uh, help us focus on you and who you are and who we are through you. I pray that for uh, 2022, Lord, that um, this church is focused on your kingdom advancing. And I pray that that is um, infused into who we are as a church and as people. Lord, we are thankful that, that um, no matter what, after 12 months of potentially dolling out and running away or, or walking away, we are thankful that you continue to pursue us. We are thankful that at every turn there is an opportunity to know you again and to seek you and to be a part of who you are. We love you, and we are so thankful for you. So, Father, I pray that you just 
you, you just um, open our eyes to the realities of heaven. You take our, our eyes off of the um, realities of earth and that we are realigned with who you are and that you help us take back our lives and then give it to you. We are thankful for you, Lord. And everybody said, amen. Oh, great morning. Um, a few quick things. Um, again, the 21 days of fasting and prayer, guys, it's awesome. If you need any help with that too, um, there's so much information everywhere. It's on our website, Facebook, Instagram. It's everywhere about how you can get involved in the fasting part. And we will also be um, releasing daily prayer, prayer focus prompts on all of the social media and there's packets out in the lobby to help you um, start daily praying. If you've never done that, we can help you. We're not gonna leave you high and dry. Just say, hey, come pray and fast and then just say, well, figure it out. We have resources for you to do that. Starting with tonight will be our, our first prayer furnace of, of the 21 days uh, tonight at 6 p.m. If you've never been to one, guys, it's fantastic. We come together and we just pray for one singular hour. So please consider giving up one singular hour to come and pray with us. <sighs> it's been a long morning, but it's been a great morning as well. Uh, last but not least, there are the giving stations in the back. If you brought a physical gift, it's back there. Or give online, it'd be great. Besides that, bless you. I bless you. And we will see you next week. Thanks for listening to the Trinity Community Church Podcast. We hope this met you exactly where you are. To learn more about us, head to our website at tccde.com or follow us on social media at Trinity Community Church. TCC, a home for you.